them in real life. Catfishing is just the internet. Nah, I think women wearing makeup. I don't know. Like, if you completely change the way you look with makeup on, I got a problem with that. Like, yeah. I, I saw a video about one girl who met a dude at a bar one night, and then the next morning he came looking for her, and she answered the door, and he asked for her because he couldn't recognize her because she <laughs> she didn't have on her makeup and shit. But I only wear I only wear it when I perform, um, and it's only like in blemishes, like where I have like blackheads or whatever. I get that, but I mean, like, can that be considered rape? Wait, what? what? How do we get here? Can you talk about <laughs> like? So, I'm talking like, let's say you meet a chick out, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Meet a chick out, you have a good time. You're like, damn, I want to have sex with her. Go home, y'all, you know, have y'all a little session. You go to bed, you know, might not be an early riser. Might get up, she gets up at five, you get up at nine. She gets up at five o'clock, she washes the makeup off her face. She goes from this beautiful, silky, smooth skin to looking like a fucking star crunch in the face. (laughs) (laughs) And then you like, yo, what a chick I slept with last night. (laughs) She got face snapped. (laughs) (laughs) So... I'm, I'm, is that is that rape? I don't think so. Um, I don't think legally it would be it would be misleading, but it wouldn't be. Someone needs to take that to court. Like, didn't they have something over in China, China where the the lady changed her appearance and then the child came out looking like <laughs> nice? Brandon's breaking my shit, everyone. <laughs> and what what happened? The, the kid looked like what? You can just take the mic out of the stand. Yeah, you can. Old, like a like yeah. a rapper. <laughs> That's why I was sitting on the other side of the table. Yeah, because you up here breaking shit. Yeah. It wasn't connected properly. I think this is a good failure to have. Okay. But man, hold on, hold on, hold on. I, I want to stay with this shit, though, for mm-hmm. just a brief second. Well, so, you got to say welcome back first. I'm going to get to it. Okay. I have to make y'all niggas laugh, bro. Like, I really feel like if this podcast and shit doesn't work out for me, I failed as a rapper. I haven't failed as a podcast. I'm doing pretty okay right now. Mm-hmm. But if I can make niggas laugh consistently and get a couple LOLs and some laughing emojis on some of the podcast shit, then um, yeah, I might might try to take up a, a a brief time as a comedian. A comedian, because that's the easiest thing to do. I don't, I don't know, bro. I've met a lot of unfunny people. Like if you have dry humor and you try to make niggas laugh, it doesn't work. Like niggas need animated shit, like. That's why a lot of niggas don't fuck with Dave Chappelle. They like Cat Williams. Like, to mm-hmm. some people, Cat Williams is the GOAT because he's so animated. Extra. Yeah. He's just extra. Physical comedy. There you go. See, so you sound better, but you got to get right in front of the microphone. Brandon is helping to host today because Christian could not be with us. He may be with us later, but... Oh, he's not dead, though. Yeah. Um, oh, what the fuck? Yeah. He's alive. Um, <laughs> he's alive. He, he At 8.30 as of... Monday. Monday at what time is it? Seven thirty. Um, he is alive, but he couldn't join us today, and we got to get this episode out. So, um, also, I've never been this level of tired before. Like, I am so tired it's, all the it's, time. It's the Mardi Gras shit, bro. Is that what it is? Like yeah, every yeah. time the Mardi Gras cloud comes over Louisiana, we all just collectively are just feel tired all the time. For you, for you folks in Chicago, y'all don't know. You don't get it. Nah, y'all don't have Mardi Gras, y'all. Mm-hmm. I don't, but it's a lot of Catholic people up there. They probably just don't celebrate the holiday. They probably don't. They don't have parades like we do, though. Like they ain't seeing titties in the streets. Nah, I don't want to see a lot of the titties that we see in the streets, though. There's a lot of those out of town elderly white women 
When shit's just touching their knees and like they're just flashing <laughs> up a chest. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Welcome back, niggas. <laughs> Welcome back, niggas. Welcome to another episode of the We Ain't Gonna Hold Your Podcast, man. I am one third of the hosting team today. This is DJ. I am Dexter, Lord Dex, aka Flex on him Dex, aka Genius Jackson. This nigga here. I am not hosting. <laughs> Brandon is typically the moderator, guys. He has to he has to step into the chair for a little bit for today for us to um for us to work through a couple technical difficulties. Mm-hmm. Um but man, how y'all feeling? How's y'all's week been? And it just for folks who don't know, we don't record a bunch of episodes like other podcasts and mm-hmm. just kind of release them at a time. We record literally every week so we can allow the news to happen, so we can allow white supremacists to do some funny shit for us to laugh at. It's always funny. So how y'all niggas week was, man? Man, I'm tired. It has been, you know, the festival was this weekend that mm-hmm. I've been planning since um, since December. Um, school is officially in full swing. I was able to kind of, you know, shrug along for the first two or three weeks while we were mm-hmm. busy getting bomb threats and, and holidays thrown in there. Um, and now, like, I'm at I'm on campus every day. Um, I'm still working full time and still creating music and still doing shows. And so it's I, I, I went to bed at like. 11.30 last night. Like, I woke up and mm-hmm. looked at my phone and was like, it's only 11.30 and I'm asleep for for reference, everyone. I'm mm-hmm. usually not asleep until 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning. So, I was like, shit. And I was up bright and early at 7.30, angry about it um, to get to school. So, the week itself has been good. I did pull in another $20,000 in grant money that I wrote nice. for. So, that that's really nice. That's and I, I need to call Dangerous. Thank you. Um, thank you. But yeah, so other than that, and I actually, when y'all leave, I have another grant to work on tonight um, for $35,000. 50000 or fifty, I forget. Um, so, you know, just tired, ready for a break. I'm actually ready for Mardi Gras. Um, also, my birthday falls on Mardi Gras this year. Nice. So cash app your boy. We'll leave it in the comments. Nigga, how old are you making this year? 33. Okay. I'll be okay. 33. Yeah. Okay. 1989. You know what's crazy about being born in 89? What? All right, so I've lived in five decades, and I'm only 33 years old. I've lived in the 80s, the 90s, the 2000s, the 2010s, and the 2020s. The 2020s. I am five decades in, and I am only 33. And you you can literally tell people, wow. it's bullshit to say it, but you grew up in the age of crack. I did. I did. Well, was I was on grass and sucking dick for five dollars. <laughs> I was on the back end. Um, I was on the back end of the crack <laughs> epidemic. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I was. I'm. I'm technically an '80s baby, but I'm really a '90s baby, which is weird because I don't. Yeah. I don't identify with any other '80s babies because I was born in March of '89, um, and so, you know, it is what it is. Yeah, I mean, y'all notice we don't have crackheads anymore. Like so, it seems like the pandemic just took them all away. No. Like, I live in Walken. I can't even find a fucking meth addict to wash my car. I, I see the meth addicts at the Circle K by my house in denim all the time. Well, you not, they're not even under the bridge anymore. Like, I miss crackheads. Make crackheads. Well, no, Joe Biden was giving out crack pipes, and People they still ain't even come that. out. Yeah, they got mad about that. Yeah, like, how the fuck he giving out free crack pipes and it doesn't bring the crackheads out? It's like <laughs> Khaleesi's milkshake not bringing boys to the yard anymore. It's I mean, they, them crackheads know a setup when they see one. Like, that's all that is. Mm-hmm. Like, that's, that's all that is. You gotta suck no dick for this? <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> you just giving out free crack pipes. 
<laughs> like, I know what trap when I see one. For real. Is it free like college tuition? Like, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. it's one of them. Like, you don't pay for it today. Man, I looked at my student loan, told my damn they want to just kill myself. <laughs> <laughs> How much you at now? <laughs> and it's just almost six figs. Oh, God. <laughs> like, oh, God, I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah, and I'm... it's like, you should have guaranteed me a really good... Anyway, back to how my... <laughs> <laughs> How was my my week? Was I did something really adventurous today? Like okay. strap on? No. Okay. No, 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 All right. No, no, no. I'm good on that. But uh, <laughs> I I did something really adventurous, and I wanted to really like show my support for like other communities and other minorities during this time, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's Black History Month. We get all the shine in Black History Month, but I wanted to put some shine on another like minority group. Mm-hmm. So what, I called what? an Uber and. Typically, I'm I'm known for canceling Ubers, especially if you're like right in my driveway if I don't like the looks of it. But I said, fuck it. I'm here to support the Asian community and stop mm-hmm. Asian hate. I got in an Uber today. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. My driver, mm-hmm. an Asian woman. Racist already, no matter what you say. I'm just, I was like, fuck it. Mm-hmm. That's, let's go. Mm-hmm. I ain't gonna lie. I ain't never been so scared in my fucking life being <laughs> in that goddamn car. I was fucking terrified riding with this lady. Was it rough? It was rough because, like, for one, I hate when my Uber drivers want to have conversations with me. Like, mm. shut the fuck up and get me to where I go. Mm-hmm. Like, I wish there was a, what do you call it, a partition? Partition, yeah. I wish there was Driver like roll up I the could, partition, please. Yeah, okay. roll this shit up. Bitch, don't talk to me. I don't want to hear this shit. So we riding along, and she's speaking all that broken-ass English with the L's and that, that are R's and R's that are L's and shit. And I'm like, man, That's terrible. I'm trying to, I'm, I'm like, bro, please stop talking to me because every other word that you're saying is missing, like, a part of the sentence that <laughs> helped me understand it. Like, I don't get anything of what you're saying. Where you go day? Like, bitch, what? <laughs> no, I'm going. I'm going to pick up my car. That's so terrible. But she kept wanting to talk. And I was like, you know what? I'll try to engage. But I could not understand a fucking thing this lady was saying. You need a fucking reality show called The Racist Nero. <laughs> no, it's not racism, bro. I got in the car. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah, it's not racism. I slept with the. I slept with my slave. I'm not racist. Like, <laughs> what, what John Mayer said. We forgave John. Man for this. I'm not a white supremacist, but my dick is. I'm not even trying to fuck the lady. I just got in her car. <laughs> it was a nice call, though. I'll give her that. She oh, you want to hear a dope story about that, by the way? What, John Mayer? Yeah, when he said that, yeah. I was at, when that came out, I was at the next show that he was, um that he performed after mm-hmm. that. And I got to watch him, like, apologize and be super, super, you know, apologetic. Because his whole band is black, and the backup singers were black, and um, you know, he apologized in front of everyone. By the way, everyone, I'm a huge John Mayer fan up until um Queen of California, whatever album that is, um with Ace he switched his sound. Yeah, like he got more I know we're getting a little off topic, but I do love John Mayer. He got he got more folksy, um, and then he got too folksy for me. Same um, with remember Jason Mraz? Yeah. Jason Mraz yeah. was fucking killing it in like two thousand nine to two thousand. Yeah, that that album he had, we 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 kill, we rob, we, we steal, steal things. things. Yeah. Mm. That album is amazing. It's one it's on my top 15, 20 albums of all Butterf- time. That fucking butterfly song? Yeah. Ooh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And a nigga was scatting on that bitch. Look at this Caucasian going crazy. Have you ever heard him sing Life is Wonderful or um Did You Get My Message? Mm-mm. Did You Get My Message is a fantastic song about like him him asking some girl that like I left messages on your phone. Did you get my message? Mm-hmm. But he does it in front of the crowd and he gets them to like sing the backup vocals. That's it's it's fucking amazing. Plus he's one of the best singers 
that no one ever knows can actually sing. I say that as a vocalist. I kind of patterned my voice after him. He's really good. Um, but yeah, John, I was at that show that John Mayer apologized for all that shit for um, down in New Orleans. And it was an interesting moment because I'm at that point, I was mm-hmm. a super John Mayer fan. And he got a lot of passes from our culture too, like from folks that we found influential. Like mm-hmm. Kanye gave him a huge pass. He was on that song Bittersweet that never came out. I think mm-hmm. they made a shot of video for it too, mm-hmm. but it never became a single or anything, right? Bittersweet was hard. Mm-hmm. Um, it was... I think it was released on a deluxe version of, I can't remember which album it was, Mm. but it was more popular as a throwaway because Kanye has this fucking perfectionist mindset when it comes to music. Like, even take Hurricane. Hurricane with Aunt Clemens was so much fucking better than the Hurricane version with The Weeknd. Really? He changed the drums and everything. The shit went from, like, this raw, gritty sound to, like, sounding like this weird monk Christian music. I was like, this is fucking awful. But I want to get back to that leaving voicemails thing, though, man. Yeah. I have this weird suspicion that if you ever leave a voicemail, especially in 2022, and you ask somebody if they got it, they were probably getting their back blowed out while they were you were leaving that message. <laughs> so no, don't leave voice messages. <laughs> that creates bad. And see, it's funny how people do that because I only if it's an unknown number or like mm-hmm. somebody who rarely calls me, I will only I'll only call back if you leave a voice message. Because otherwise, if it wasn't important enough for you to leave a voice message for. For me to get back to you, mm. then it wasn't important enough for me to return your phone call. Yeah, that's true. That's yeah. true. I just don't like when people leave me messages and shit because I'm a notification person. Like when I see that shit on there, it's gonna bother me. And if I really can't mm. get to it right now, I'm just gonna think about that the whole fucking time. Like, yo, what if this random two two five number is calling me to tell me someone that I love is dead, and then it's just somebody trying to sell me car insurance? They'll call. They'll call back <laughs> if somebody's dead. I don't know, man. I'm really, like, distant from my family. Like, if one of my distant cousins that I don't really care for, like, if they, you know, unfortunately die mm-hmm. and someone calls, they probably just call me once. I'll hear from my mom. Yeah. Yeah. My mom. And my mom loves telling me when people die. I'm saying. <laughs> it's a I'm fucking saying. pastime. Yeah, <laughs> you know, Shirley died. My Who mom, the fuck is Shirley? <laughs> my mom called me. Remember yo? This was last weekend. Remember your old kindergarten teacher? Yeah, I remember her. I remember Miss Jones. I'm Miss Jones doing. Yeah. Her funeral was today. Well, it's like, <laughs> what? <laughs> that's not how. That's not how you break that information. That's not, that's not how you do that. Like, I feel like, like you know, our family's older, right? Your parents, your mom's like in the sixties or fifties. Fifties. Yeah. Oh well, you haven't reached that point. My mom's mm-hmm. in the seventies, so like every other day when I call somebody dies, mm. that has to be terrible. But she seems so energetic to tell me about it. Mm. That's I think such you such dad. I think, I think at some point it becomes a game, you know, to to you. And you're like, ah, lasted another one. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that bitch owed me twenty dollars, but you know what? The Lord worked all the time. Mysterious yeah, ways. Mysterious ways. <laughs> Got in that insurance claim. I don't ever root for somebody to die. I, I'm with Mark Twain though. Like, I don't ever like want anybody to die, but I read their obituaries very happily. You know what I mean? Like, the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, one of my friends did a, did a, um, or there was a study done in college about that where the um, professor just, one of the essay questions was like, have you ever thought about or actually planned to kill someone? Mm, and oh. the responses he got back, he was like shocked because there was like an, an alarming amount of people had actually Considered seriously considered a plan to kill someone. It was a PWI, wasn't it? It was absolutely oh, yeah. a PWI. Okay. Well, I'm not gonna lie. I'm not gonna lie. I've thought about people and been like, my life would be so much happy, easier. Wrong mm-hmm. word. My life would be so much easier if you were dead. But I never mm-hmm. wanted to like kill anyone or hurt anyone. Well, there there's a few Tom Brady's at the top of that list. Like if Damn. I if I could get my hands on Tom Brady, I might I might I might go to jail. 
Um, God damn. I know. It's a lot. It's a, Because he represents so many things that I hate about America. Right. Like rep- how to shape white men being good at quarterback? I mean, <laughs> mostly, <laughs> mostly the like being average, the being average part and like not acknowledging. Tom Brady is the perfect like micro microcosm cosm of white privilege. Literally. The per- perfect, like everything is it about that or him. Is he just somebody that we love to hate? No, everything around him was set up for success, and we continually talk about how great of a quarterback he is. Yet he never had a terrible defense. He never had, you know, a bottom offensive line. And let's not forget that we know that he cheated to win four Super Bowls. And yeah. people are just like, oh, but he's the GOAT. How? He cheated to win four Super Bowls. I feel Bowls. like white society celebrates that, though. Because think about like niggas like Jason Belfort. Think about how the mob is revered mm-hmm. in white culture. That's why, you know, we have all these mob, uh, these Italian mob movies and shit. Like, in their culture, like, they root for the villain until they get caught. Like, if Tom Brady would have been banned from the NFL for the cheating stuff, mm-hmm. they would never mention him the way that they mention him. I think niggas mention Pete Rose more than white people do. Well, Pete Rose should be in the in the, in the Hall, Hall of Fame. Fame. Yeah, so should Barry Bonds. But that that's also the issue <laughs> that I have is like Barry Bonds was never caught cheating. Barry, he was only accused of cheating, mm-hmm. and he is now basically ineligible to make the MLB Hall of Fame. Yep. Yet Tom Brady actually cheated, and we know that he did, and we have proof that he did. And oh my God, he's the first ballot Hall of Famer, and he's the greatest quarterback of all time. Like. We we talk about him. He's like like I said, he's the perfect example of how white privilege allows you to move through the world. Where even the fact that he won a Super Bowl in Tampa Bay, mm-hmm. which I'm not gonna lie, is not it, it was impressive. But also he went somewhere that had the top three defense, right? Had a mm-hmm. top five offensive line at that time. And had the best receivers. Yeah, at that time probably had the best receiving core. In the NFL, and then they brought Antonio Brown and Rob Gronkowski in, and they already had um, God Goodwin and Mike Evans at that point, right? Mm -hmm. And so, like, and then he goes and wins the Super Bowl in Tampa when the referees in the last six minutes of the game gave gave Tampa basically three touchdowns, basically. They go up by 21 points, and also he's great for winning his seventh Super Bowl. Well, actually, when you look at it, when you look at it, he was kind of gifted that opportunity like anybody yeah. would have gone into that and succeeded they could have if they would have invested into that offensive line and we don't get to the topics in a second y'all we got to get the sport chatter out though mm-hmm. but if they would have invested in that offensive line for Jameis Winston who has a much who's much better arm talent yeah. right yeah he didn't have an offensive line everybody's like throws 30 touchdowns and 30 cuz he was being chased yes you have no o line mm-hmm. you I mean, give him additional weapons a pass catching and blocking tight end and a solid line yeah he could have won you a super he probably could have won you more super bowls more than, because he's still in his youth he's only 26 or 27 now mm-hmm. i mean it's the difference of matthew stafford in detroit versus matthew stafford in la right wow. it's the exact same thing well <laughs> since you bring it up let's go ahead and talk about the hot takes of the week uh, first up, let's talk about the Super Bowl halftime. Mm. I feel like our generation, because I don't listen to the boomers and the older people who are like, why are all these goddamn niggers and that white nigger <laughs> on the goddamn TV kneeling and dancing and gyrating? Like, I feel like it was a good halftime show. Like, it was a lot of the music of, like, our growing up. Like, it mm-hmm. felt like the show from 2000, from 99 to, like, 2004 mm-hmm. with Eminem and shit. But Kendrick, you know, made it a little more current, a little more relevant. But I don't put it up there with, like, the best Super Bowl halftime show of all time. 
The set was amazing. Yeah, set was amazing. Mm-hmm. Choreography was amazing. But nothing's ever going to beat Michael Jackson just standing still for like two minutes and a bunch of bitches fainting in the front row and shit. <laughs> Niggas ran on the field and shit. Like, and all he did was took his glasses off. Motherfuckers died when he took his glasses off. Like, didn't he like appear on the stage then at the scoreboard? No, he was, at, he was at the scoreboard. They had different body doubles around yeah. the stadium popping up. And then he was the last one to come out of the stage. Yeah. And Michael- I also think he was the first person to perform at the Super Bowl. Like, I'm pretty sure... I'm pretty sure I heard when they were talking about the history of like performances that that was the first halftime performance uh, at the Super Bowl of a major star. I was like, well, I mean, oh, yeah, major okay. star. Okay. Well, I think you should still look it up. When was the first? Who was the first person to perform at the Super Bowl know, halftime show? Because I know they've been doing like the halftime show has been a spectacle for a while. Because I mean, like I know marching bands like Grambling's done this done this shit. Mm-hmm. Um, it, pr- Prince did it more recently, though. Prince, was, about Mike. Prince was 07. Prince was the year that I wanted um, when my Colts won um, against the Bears. Y'all, um, y'all ever realize how many times Bruno Morris has done the Super Bowl halftime show? Have you ever realized how many times Beyonce has done the Super Bowl halftime show? It's like three times, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Bruno Mars is twice, I think. Oh, uh, man. Who is it? Uh, they got Ella Fitzgerald did it back in the 70s. Really? Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, they've been going In back. the 70s, though, I mean, like, she was a... No, Ella Fitzgerald was an, uh, a universal icon at that time. She was still alive? Yeah, I mean... Yeah, she's yeah. A universal I mean, she, her, her prime time was, like, what, the 50s and 60s? Mm-hmm. White Maybe. folks probably just started accepting her. <laughs> In the 70s. Um, I thought that, again, the set was magnificent. Um, mm-hmm. I really, really enjoyed the set. Um, Kendrick... I mean, I've seen him live before, mm-hmm. and he inspires me as a performer. And I don't say that about a lot of people. Like, Kendrick Lamar's performances are next level for hip-hop, right? Oh, yeah. Like, for hip-hop. I mean, he does not—he's mm-hmm. no Michael Jackson or Rihanna or Beyonce when it comes to, like, live, or Bruno Mars when it comes to live performances. But for a hip-hop show, you're not going to get much more um, mm-hmm. costume, much more— um, uh, theme like Kung Fu Kenny that was when he performed in the whole um, what's it called the karate outfit mm-hmm. man that was a great concert um, and I think that Mary J Blige didn't make much sense to me being there I know she did the two songs that she that that Dre produced for or whatever mm-hmm. um, I think they, it feels like they just needed a woman to be a part of it which I respect right, right. I respect but what woman from the because I felt like it was an all West Coast show like, I was about to say I don't think of the, I can't think of a West uh, uh, a woman who was representing the West Coast from that era of what 89 to like 2002, to something hell, like that. To, to even now, I think the only woman that was popular in entertainment from that time frame was like Pinky and she or Janet do Jackson. Music. Yeah, I mean Janet Jackson probably the best, but she's not West Coast. Yeah, they're not no, no, <laughs> <Yeah>. time anymore. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, well, I kind of own something. If they let Pinky and her do a song, well, Pinky doesn't make music. Never mind. Guys. Mm-hmm. Like Never mind. I don't. So that was the only part that didn't make sense. Also, it was beautiful to watch. White people get upset that there were no white people in the halftime show because, like, like they didn't acknowledge him and them. It's like, too, <laughs> yeah. it's like too many niggers out here. Well, yeah. the, the white guy is the most popular one here. When he took a knee, he turned black in their eyes. <laughs> and that was, that was also funny. Was like, well, I thought that it was about being upset because they're kneeling during the anthem. He wasn't kneeling during the anthem. He was just like kneeling taking a knee. So, like, if it if it really wasn't about the anthem, then I think you got to ask yourself. What the fuck was it really about? 
Um, I don't think anybody paid attention to that until they showed the I skills. Didn't. Everybody was I didn't. shocked that Dr. Dre knew how to play the piano because he was kneeling while he was playing the piano, and niggas was like, "Oh shit, he can play keys! Oh my god!" <laughs> I didn't, I didn't notice it. I actually thought I was like, "Oh, he's just coming on stage, right? right. He's just coming on stage." And then, of course, white folks had to white folk and make it about race. <laughs> <laughs> what, what if the nigga just couldn't, like, the stage is moving, he couldn't catch his balance? Like, what if he fell right before my nigga, he put the my camera nigga, My nigga is 50, you know? Like, <laughs> yeah. he, and he's done a lot of meth. So I'm assuming, mm-hmm. you know, like... He can't feel his knees probably. No, no. <laughs> also, he's a, he's a great actor if you ever get to, if you ever get to see him in, in movies. He's really, really good. But um, I thought it was good. I would say it's in the definitely in the top... 10 of the last 20 that yeah. I've actually paid attention to. I mean, number one, though, obviously Prince. And then number two is Beyonce in 2013. Over Michael? What? No, Michael stood still for two minutes and people passed out. No I one just, I literally just said over the last 20 years. Oh, okay. Li- literally. Did. I can go. Hey, I that, can makes me, that makes me show my age. What was Mike's <laughs> performance? What year was this before? 93. Yeah, I, I was think like, it was, I, think it was I watched it on uh, YouTube though, so I feel so passionate about it. <laughs> I mean, it was a great. Who, it's Michael Jackson. But who from the West was missing from this? I mean, if you take Mary J. Blige out, who would you say from the West? I mean, you could say E40, you could say yeah. uh, Too Short, you could say Pac. You could say the game. They said they was gonna put a, a fucking hologram or Pac on the. Fuck if they that. did that shit, that'd have been fucking. It would have been. It would have been. That'd have been the. That would have made it the best halftime. Show it it, it would have been great. I mean, when they did it with what was that Whitney Houston? No, they did it with Pocket like Coachella. Mm-hmm. I would have. Somebody would have had to take me to the hospital because I'd have passed out because I would have thought well, this nigga ain't dead for real. Like, <laughs> oh god. I think Jada would have tried to fuck the hologram. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that. But I, I, when it comes to L.A. rappers, the only other person that you could possibly. On that level was probably Nipsey Hussle, um, yeah. R.I.P., uh, who would have been on that stage with him. You Holy know? shit, it'd have been like a fucking concert full of holograms. <laughs> That's what the future looks like. That's what the future looks like. That's I why mean, we have to have 5G. I mean, y'all done fucked up and let NBA Youngboy realize you ain't got a tour to make money. My guy mm-hmm. made $11 million in 2020 without touring at all. And he was like, I might never tour again. He found his niche. White suburban children love hearing about the murders of young blacks. <laughs> they love that shit while they play Grand Theft Auto and drink Mountain Dew. <laughs> <laughs> what's the next one, B? Uh, this should be good. What's your What's your hot take on Kanye versus Skeet? As you say, Pete Davidson. Yeah. Dex, mm. <laughs> you can go first. I'm, I'm on, a yay stan. I'm with Pete Davidson on this one. Mm. Um. Pete Davidson's healthy. Please refer to him as Skeet. I will not. His name is Pete Davidson. And I've, I've always been a Pete Davidson fan. Um, always been a Pete Davidson fan. Tell me your favorite Pete Davidson joke. My favorite Pete Davidson joke is when he talks about how um, Ariana Grande, because that's her last name. It's not Grande. It's Ariana Grande. Mm-hmm. She has said this on numerous occasions. Uh, talked about how he was upset. And I can't remember the joke in total, but that's he was upset. No, it was, it was a great joke. Mm-hmm. He was upset that she went out and like spilled all the beans about their relationship. But if he would have done that, it would have been an issue, right? And I, I resonate with that. And he's also like a little bit, a lot of bit older than her. Isn't she married now? I think she married. Yeah, yeah, she got married. <clears throat> she but- got married during the panorama. Um, but yeah, I'm a, <laughs> I'm a, I'm a, I'm a Pete Davidson fan. I loved his his quips and when he was on the what is it called with Seth. Um, Seth Myers, shit, what was that thing? I'm sorry, on Saturday Night Weekend Live. News. Weekend News, thank you. Weekend I love when he does Weekend News. And he had that conversation about Kanye. 
uh, talking about taking his medicine Man, so, and all that. So yeah. He disrespects mental health. No, he okay. doesn't. He's mentally ill himself. Um, my favorite, well, I guess my favorite. That's like saying, like, yo, I got Down syndrome, so I make fun of kids with autism. It just doesn't balance out. It doesn't He didn't make fun way. of him. He said he needs to get on the meds, and Ye says he's better off the meds. And I like that nigga when he's crazy, because when he's crazy, he saves the entire state of Louisiana from a hurricane. Remember that. We owe him our lives, because if it wasn't for Kanye, he wouldn't have got George Bush to send in. What, what did George Bush do? Did he Actually, do anything? It was FEMA? no, it was yeah. Bobby Jindal that wouldn't let um, George Bush send anybody in. Really? So well, Kanye put Bobby Jindal in his fucking place by saying, well, uh, "No, Bobby George Jindal, Bush doesn't care about black people." Bobby Jindal also refused to take um, Medicaid money mm-hmm. and sent the state. So that's that's not that was not George Bush's fault. George Bush wanted to actually help, and Bobby, Bobby Jindal wouldn't let him. <laughs> that's the one that I, learned how not to run the state. I guess my only thing that was fucked up about this situation is, like, they was all friends. Like, him, Kid Cudi, like, Skeet, all them niggas was friends and shit, right? Like, they went to dinner together. They, they like, hung out. Well, Kanye just kind of showed up at the dinner. Pete okay. Davidson talked about it. Fuck that nigga. No, he, he should be. He should be appreciative that he's in the the the, the same room as Kanye. No, 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 no. The story goes: mm-hmm. Kid Cudi and Pete Davidson are really good friends, mm-hmm. and Kid and Pete Davidson took Kid Cudi out for dinner mm-hmm. for his birthday, and Timothy Chalamet showed up, and it was fun. And then Kid Cudi was like, "Oh, and Kanye and Kim might stop by." And so he was scouting the nigga, bitch. Okay. <laughs> okay. And he says Kanye shows up and the waitress comes in and asks, you know, uh, so what would you like to eat? He was like, I want that shit that's not even on the menu. I want that great shit. Mm-hmm. And Pete Davidson was had to like, he said he called his touring agent in the middle of this dinner to be like, I need you to book more shows like right now because Kanye is here and he's going to eat and make me spend a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Like I'm, And so... I'm not reparations, but okay. y'all, I'm y'all know that. y'all don't want to hold Kanye accountable. I'm going to hold Kanye accountable. Just because you are no, what, mentally ill does not mean you can be a jackass. What they got to do with that man fucking on that man's wife and shit? That bro. man's wife divorced him because he was a fucking asshole. They haven't divorced yet. The paperwork ain't go through. You He's can still, still fighting. Date people. It. You can still date people when you're separated. Actually, that's the point of being separated. Weren't mm. you separated before? Damn, nigga, just threw my threw me Shots out. Fired. Wow, wow! I took the time to heal myself until it's all over. I didn't, I didn't see any hooties, any harlots, none of that shit. My nigga, you sound like you should be on an episode of Grace and Frankie. Like, look, I didn't see any of the sluts until after I was completely clean. I guess, I guess, completely like, clean. Pete out here fucking on a nigga wife. Damn I mean, shame. He's, Kanye is just doing the most. You can't have your family back because you won't change. You won't change. I mean, I would think it would be a hard thing to change when you've seen how much success that you've had, like, being you, though, right? Mm. Like, Kanye's had to have this... I mean, I know all of us have seen Genius, the uh, the, the, the Kanye documentary on Netflix. I did, yeah. yeah. And, like, while there's been, like, heavy editing on it, like, I saw Wayno, who's been working for uh, Rock Nation or worked for Rock Nation many, many years ago, who said, like, there were a lot of ARs that fuck... Uh, A&Rs that fuck with Kanye, but there wasn't too much that they could do because Kanye's brand didn't really match up with Rockefeller so much. Mm-hmm. But, I mean... Like, he's had to have this su- supreme belief in self at all times. Right. And seeing that take you from, like, living in Chicago, like, in the slums and the trenches and shit, to getting to where that Kanye is now, 
I mean, at some point in time, you start believing that shit because it's actually manifesting. Like, this nigga went from living, like, we all seen his crib that he grew up in to being one of, he is the richest black man in America right now. Right now, yeah. He is the richest black man in America. So I feel like when you get to that level of money, certain things just kind of change. You have to believe your bullshit. I will say that watching that documentary gave me a new respect for Kanye and myself, actually. Um, Because... I say and do a lot of the shit that Kanye does in the way that I move. No, but when he do it, it's crazy. No, I didn't say that. I just said the documentary. I wasn't talking about present times. I mean, the extreme belief in yourself, the refusal to let anybody put you in the box, a box for yourself, you know, a Mm -hmm. box, the ability to advocate on your behalf, you know. And I used to think, I, I used to be one of those people who thought that humbleness was such a a good trait, you know, because white people value humbleness and we 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 as black folk got to get out of that trend they value humbleness because they don't want to feel like you do things better than them mm-hmm. right and so that forces you to like not take yourself as seriously or believe in yourself as much but like even at the festival um even at the festival there was this dude named Ian there shout out Ian Vaughn who I had never heard perform before and he was talking about he was talking about something and I was like you know Usually, I feel like I'm the best singer in the room. I'm happy you're here because, like, I want the competition to make sure that I'm better, right? Like, I love people who make me feel. You got to have somebody that pushes you pushes you to the next level. Yeah. And so then he got up on stage and I was talking to another one because I've never heard him live. I've only heard him. Um, I've only heard him on his DSPs tracks. And shit. Yeah. Um, and I, I looked at my friend Imani. Shout out Imani. I know you're listening. And as soon as he sang, like, three words, I was like, I'm better than him. And like just walked <laughs> and just and just like walked away. And Imani started laughing because like normally I would stand there and listen, but why am I listening? I don't I don't need to learn anything from you. I'm already better than you and I'm 15 years younger than you, you know? Um so and but he's a he's an established artist out of New Orleans and stuff, so I was really excited for it. Mm-hmm. But that's like when I came back, because I watched the I watched the Kanye thing like yesterday, I believe, or mm-hmm. right but yesterday, yeah. And I was just like, wow, I talk. And act a lot like Kanye, and I don't even, I don't even realize it. I feel like we all have that space in our lives in which we do feel like Kanye. It could be mm-hmm. in our professional lives. It can be like in like our side projects and passions. But I feel like you're not really living life unless unless you have something that makes you feel like either I'm better than everybody else at this, or I love this shit so much that I want to work to be better than you at this. Yeah. But I want to talk about something that we kind of glossed over. And by us, I mean the black community, right? Mm-hmm. There was this real big point in time. The look up when uh, Watch the Throne came out. Tell me what year that came out. 2011. Yeah. 2011. Big album, right? Big mm-hmm. album. Mm-hmm. That was around the time when black folks really, like, as a... A lot of black folks turned their back on Kanye West and Jay-Z, and they started perpetuating this notion that they worship the devil. You ever notice that, like, any time black people have, like, massive success, like, there there comes this idea of, oh, they're a part of the Illuminati, mm-hmm. or they worship the devil, they got this success. I feel like Genius kind of shows, like, nah, the nigga just worked hard. Well, white and that's supremacy, how a lot of us get our success. We just work hard. White supremacy can't exist if there isn't a belief that... Black people can't actually be better at white people than something. 
right? Like, yeah. so I mean, the perfect example is um, Barack Obama. Mm-hmm. Uh, Barack Obama obviously was born in in Hawaii, right? His mm-hmm. mom was from Kansas, his dad was from Kenya. Um, he did live in Indonesia for a while, and then came back to live in you know the the states with his stateside with his grandparents. Um, he couldn't he couldn't have been an American citizen, right? When you think about the birther movement, he could. It's no way he could be an American citizen because black people can't reach that level of accomplishment in in America. So he he obviously has to be, um, he obviously has to be born somewhere else because there's no way a black man can achieve this in the United States. You also see it with like. Beyonce and Jay Z, the narrative around black wealth versus white wealth. Mm. When it's white wealth, you know, um, there was that that the remember the guy it was at a football game a couple years ago put out a video, a picture of Beyonce and Jay Z sitting down during the national anthem. This was this was before the Colin Kaepernick stuff. This was just you know national anthem was playing. They was chilling in the owner's box or the you know whatever yeah. box in, in the suite. You know, in the suite. Yeah, the suite. And the caption was like, and this is this is what. You know, they need to be standing because America allowed them to gain the wealth and the success that they got. But when you talk about Elon Musk or you talk about Steve Jobs or you talk about um, uh, Bill he's Gates, edgy. he's he, he he earned everything that he did. Right. Nobody right. allowed. He he worked harder than everyone. Blue, 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 white supremacy. And that's what you see when you talk about the difference in black versus white wealth. Kanye and Jay-Z worship the devil. Beyonce worships the devil. But. I feel like that comes more from us, though. Like, I don't I don't really have a, you know, of course, in the social media world, mm-hmm. there's a black version of everything. There's black Facebook. I don't really, my algorithms don't really show me what's going on in the white community. Mm-hmm. There's a black Twitter that everybody knows about. White people want in, but they don't know how to get the algorithms right. <laughs> like, everywhere yeah. that I went during 2011 to, to even, like, maybe as late as 2019 black people were the main people having these conversations because for some reason we couldn't wrap our heads around the ideas that black people had the opportunities to do this you're missing a big part oh it's the influence of whites right black people are black people are white supremacists can be and a lot of them are white supremacists as well and so we a lot of folks buy into the narrative of the illuminati or whatever it may be to Mm -hmm. discredit um to discredit black success because but we I, can't see black people being successful without strings attached. And I, I feel like I feel like that does hold us back in a lot of ways and that shows you how white supremacy works mm-hmm. because that mindset was something that I never subscribed to. I was never one of the guys that was like, yeah, man, Kanye worshiped the devil. Look at all that devil imagery. No, the <laughs> nigga just seen a lot of fashionable shit in, in fucking Europe and he mm-hmm. added that imagery to his music videos and shit. Like, I don't see the next person that, like, blows up and gets super rich and say, I can't do that because I don't want to sell my soul. Like, I hate that idea of selling your soul for riches. No, nigga, you're just good at fucking business. You can be good at business and not sell your soul. There's no one that I know of that's eating babies that's rich. (laughs) That's provable. Yeah, at all. They might be chomping on some fucking placenta, but they ain't eating no fucking actual babies. But again, I mean, so all of this always starts... Everything's connected. That's one of the things as I get older that I learn. Um, all of that shit is the beginning of QAnon at this point. Yeah. Right? All of that shit is everything that we look back to. What niggas called Niganon? I mean, they know we know Q can't be black because there's no way that a black man can get that much power in the United States unless oh, it's mu- unless it's motherfucking um, dude from B six thirteen on Scandal, <laughs> like <laughs> Olivia Pope, Daddy. Like that's the only way that's happening. Um, but like, 
I don't know. You're right. Black people do subscribe to that, but I think it's more about conservatism. Like black people yeah. are conservative when it comes to everything. When it comes to sex, when it comes to politics, if the if what did uh, Michael Eric Dyson say? If the Republican Party wasn't so racist, they could actually run the gambit because yeah. black people are socially conservative, fiscally liberal, right? And mm-hmm. if you would take care of black issues without being racist and you know giving these dog whistles and pretending that black people are. Uh, aren't smart enough to understand what you're doing, then you could probably still win, but you've chosen this kind of white supremacist uh, track and you're going to stick with it, you know, throughout, throughout time. And eventually that's going to bite you in the ass, but I digress. So I think that's more black people, especially older black folks. And when we're talking the 2011, you know, my mom was in her forties at that Mm -hmm. point. And so, you know, she was, we were deep in the church at that point. And, um, oh, not at that point. We were you. a few years out. Yeah. A few, I was a few years off of church. I have a literal crucifix on my neck saying you. Yeah. <laughs> like, and so all of that imagery passed. Don't were, it away now. I mean, I remember this conversation. The, my, our church mother was upset with my mom during Sunday school and my mom's best friend, Sister Clovis, because she was like, and y'all shouldn't be listening to no secular music. Them children should all be listening to gospel. And and my mom was like, no, we let them. I let my child listen to Lil Bow Wow. Like I listened to the album first. Mm-hmm. You know, it was a good album or whatever. And she was like, and that's that devil in him. You know, because you ain't you ain't letting them listen to the right things. <laughs> you know, Sister Ryland, rest in peace or don't. I don't really give a fuck. Like oh so, <laughs> so like they have podcasting. In, in heaven, after life. Ooh, this well, is a great. This is a great trend. That's a great transition. Yeah. Um, so like, yeah, I, I just think that it's. I'm not prescribing to the Pete Davis. I'm on Pete Davis and signing this, and I have been consistently anti Kanye for the Rose last. Yeah, I have been consistently anti bullshit Kanye for the last two <laughs> seven years. I feel like it's a take it or leave it situation, on man. Yeah, he's giving us so much greatness. Or like you said, he's he's advanced fashion more in his latter portion of his career versus mm-hmm. music. And I think that's where the disconnect for a lot of us comes because his antics in the fashion world makes sense. Like, when he was going on his Yeezus press run, yeah. if he would have talked more about the fashion and didn't drop music, it would have made fucking sense. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, Pete Davidson can suck my dick. I haven't listened <laughs> to a Kanye album since Life of Pablo. Life of Pablo was really good too. It was Underrated okay. album, Get except for the the lyrics to uh, "Father Stretch My Hands." If I fuck this model, oh, no. and she and just she bleached her asshole, asshole. Yeah. and I get um, bleach on my t shirt, also I'm like an asshole. I really didn't like that opening song because side. This is a sidebar conversation, but all of you are going to agree with me. Your child, your mm-hmm. child, cannot pray. They cannot activate the spirit. They cannot preach. Who? That yes, Lord, we come to you. To, that the beginning of he's on my ultra light beam. beam. Yep, ultra, the song itself is damn good. The song is great. I hate that that beginning part in the sample because I'm so against children um, proselytizing and preaching because that was, not, that was like I think that was a clip he took from the internet. That it was. No I know. I'm aware. I'm aware of where the clip comes from. My point is, and he broke bread with the family. My point is, I don't like. Him. I don't like children. Well, I could stop the sentence there, but I'm gonna keep going. I don't like <laughs> I don't like children being involved in like preaching or catching the Holy Ghost or praying or anything of that and nature. I don't like the fact that Girl Scouts sell cookies and Boy Scouts sell ass. Like it's a lot of shit in what? the world. Boy that Scouts don't-, don't sell ass. It's more of a layaway system. We're gonna take it now All and give right. you some money later. You know what I'm saying? On that now, we're gonna go to another hot take here. Uh All Star Weekend. What are you guys' thoughts on that? 
All Star Weekend was a bunch of bullshit. Now nah, the NBA's got to figure it out, man. No, they got it figured out, dog. But All Star Weekend is not for us. It's for those Mm-mm. single players getting them fucking bitches from out of town to come out. And I can't. Afford, I, I can't afford to go, and I wouldn't go to the fucking All Star game in Cleveland if I had free tickets. Th- that was the point. <laughs> Who wants to really go to Cleveland? In LeBron February. Don't even play. Like, come on, dog. Yeah, nah. It was, I thought it was fucked up that they booed um, Steph Curry and Draymond Green, though. Like when they got to Cleveland, I was like, yeah. it's the, the All Star game. But Steph Curry went off. He was like, when they booed him, he took a bow and he was like, okay. Mm-hmm. And my nigga mm-hmm. went like, <laughs> he went ultra. 15 for 25 for three point land and dropped 45 points. Stop. Was this the pettiest uh, like All Star game though? Because even like when they were celebrating the 75th, uh, 75th year team of the seventy five or the top mm-hmm. seventy five players and shit, did y'all notice like Kevin Garnett like snubbed the shit out of Ray Allen? No, I didn't Ooh. see that. Oh yeah, it was big time. Like Ray Allen was walking to the podium. You know, of course he was LeBron's teammate too. So LeBron, ah, 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 and then <laughs> they shaking hands yeah. and dapping. Fucking Paul Pierce and Kevin Garnett got their heads up to the sky. Don't mm-hmm. even acknowledge them. But as soon as the next person comes by, they look down and start dapping him up. Yeah, welcome to the team and shit like that. Like that shit was shady as fuck, man. But that's that sounds like Kevin Garnett. I I appreciate Kevin. Kevin Garnett is too far of an asshole for me. I appreciate you don't the competitive like the fact spirit. That Lala tastes like Cheerios. <laughs> no, I don't. Like you know, Kobe. When you talk about trash talkers in that era, really, you talk about you're talking about Kevin Garnett and Kobe. And Kevin Garnett was mean. Like I don't, I don't mind trash talking. I mean, Kevin Garnett told Charlie Villanueva he looked like a fucking cancer patient or something like that. You know, because he, because he had alopecia or whatever. You know, like and, and so like Kevin Garnett. And remember, Kevin Garnett punched Wally Zerbiak in the face during practice or something. Which there's something to be said about being passionate. But yeah. I respond. I would respond to Kobe in a way. Kobe is about the work. Right, mm-hmm. Kobe was about why would I show you respect if you're not putting the same level of work on me, work as I am. Kevin, Kevin Garnett wanted to demoralize. Exactly, him, exactly, and like even Kobe when he was um, remember in the all in not in the All Star game in the Olympics, he was like uh, talking to Luis Luis Scalia, Scalia or whatever in, in Spanish, mm-hmm. and he told him he uh, Luis told him speak in English. Your your English is better than your Spanish, mm-hmm. and Kobe was like. Oh, I'm gonna show you English, motherfucker! Like, mm-hmm. and went and dunked on him and like dropped 13 points in a row or something like that. Kevin Garnett would have tried to fight him. Like, so the difference is, I, I'm just not down. It sounds like something Kevin Garnett would do. It doesn't sound like something Paul Pierce would do. Um, but Paul Pierce Paul, isn't. Paul yeah. Pierce and Kevin uh, Kevin Garnett, like they really ride for each other. Yeah. So I give yeah, him. Yeah. I'll give him that man. I think we forget, we underestimate one of the greatest shit talkers, Carlos mm. Boozer. I don't know. Is he a shit talker? Ooh, Carlos Boozer was like the worst person on TNT when they was mic'd up and shit. Mm, him oh, getting wow. rebounds. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Give me that shit. Like, that was him. <laughs> He's the reason why they don't mic up like so close mm-hmm. to the court anymore. Gotcha. Like, listen to some of Carlos Boozer shit talking. He that was, was one of the yeah one of the best shit talkers in the NBA. That was the worst dunk competition that I've ever seen. You know how bad it was? You know how bad it was? How bad? I watched the dude try to dunk in the Thames. I was already furious. Mm-hmm. I was like, "Why are you trying to dunk in the fucking lemon pepper steppers? We ain't even in <laughs> lemon New- pepper steppers. We ain't even in New York City. Like, what the fuck? Like, I, I didn't understand. I saw him, and then I don't even know who went after him. And I was at my homeboy house, and we was watching um, shit, Save the Last Dance, you know. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I'd rather watch Save the Last Dance, right? Yeah, I was that- watching. I was watching the dunk contest on my phone, 
and Save the Last Dance on TV. I was like, I'm not watching this shit. This shit looks terrible. I feel like the reason why the dunk contest is so bad, though, is because there's no new dunks. Like, there's nothing new that anybody can do in this contest to make you go like, oh, shit, that was crazy. Like, mm-hmm. that's, we've seen it. Because, for one, we have access to a lot of shit, right? Mm-hmm. We're all guys. I'm pretty sure if we go to our fucking reels, we'll see some uh, street ballers doing, like, some all of the day. most creative shit yeah, we ever all seen. Day, every day, yeah. You know what we should do to make the uh, dunk contest great again? Mm. They should sponsor, like, an athlete from another, like, sport or some shit, right? Mm. Like, get somebody from another sport, like some NFL players. Uh, they got some women that, that are dunking now. You know, lower the goal of, like, eight feet. Let them, uh, <laughs> let them do their thing. It's going to sprinkle a little sexism in there, huh? <laughs> a little bit, a little seasoning, <laughs> like how white people do chicken. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but I think that's, that's the way you draw back interest because, for one, the dunk contest is something that people love to hate now. It's not like people love it because... Because, like, John Morant's not in it. Uh, Zion fucking birth control Williamson isn't in it. Like, none of the great dunkers or in-game dunkers are in it. But then also, if you're a great in-game dunker, doesn't, doesn't mean, mean you're a great dunker. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah let's throw it back I mean, to even the one, even the one last year was kind of trash. Who won it? Anthony Simmons, I think. Or maybe he won the three-point contest. I can't remember. But Carl Anthony Towns winning the three-point contest was just... Yeah. He is the best shooting big man in the history of... The game Mm-mm. ain't gonna play defense for nothing, but he is the best shooting big man in the history. Better of the than game. Dirk, yes, easily, oh, easily. No, I feel like Dirk's a better shot creator. I'm not gonna argue that, but when we talk about actual shooting, first of all, I ain't know Dirk was sixth all time on the scoring list. I had no idea about that. Yeah, Dirk I was, was like, shooting threes like before it was like mad popular. I didn't realize he was over thirty thousand points because you got to look at the people around who aren't over thirty thousand points, like. Russell Wilson isn't around 30,000 points. Because he can't shoot a three. Steph Curry isn't around 30,000 points. Fucking Kevin Durant is not close to 30,000 points. Granted, he's missed some years due to injuries and, mm-hmm. and things like and that. And then playing with Russ will, you know, take yeah, yeah, yeah. years but off of your life. The fact that <laughs> the fact that Dirk Nowitzki is like has 31-something thousand points, I was like, Jesus. But Dirk played in a time, too, to where it was like one superstar per team. Mm-hmm. If you think about that Steph team, right? Mm-hmm. Steph had Klay Thompson and Dre- Kevin Durant. And Draymond Green. Don't and, forget Dre. Yeah, yeah, Dre was shooting. He ain't shooting as much as he used to. But Don't need to. He had a lot of scoring around him. And mm-hmm. Kevin uh, Durant had to play with fucking Russ for a majority of his career. Like, like 10 years, huh? Yeah, Something close like that. To that. Close but to even that. so, Russ still isn't close to thirty thousand. He's only got like twenty three thousand mm-hmm. points. By the way, for if you're looking for the math, the NBA players score like between twelve and fifteen hundred points per um, per season. If you're a superstar, mm-hmm. so to get to thirty thousand, Steph would have to play another like five and a half years. Put him the way he plays. Oh, his game, game isn't going anywhere. That's what's crazy. Like. Steph could probably pull a Tom Brady and play till he's forty five or forty six, and still be com- like specialist. Especially, be a specialist. Yeah, I mean, especially spot up. But if he doesn't lose his ability to move without the ball, because you don't need to be quick, you just need to be crafty. Um, if Steve Kerr or somebody can still figure out ways to get him open, Steph could play until he's fifty. Honestly, um, but I thought the All Star Game was dope. I love the format. The format yeah. is amazing. It's like PE. Yeah, for anybody who doesn't know. Um, they score every quarter starts zero zero. If you win the quarter, you win money for the organization that you're sponsoring. So if you win the quarter, you win like a hundred and fifty thousand. If you lose the quarter, you get like a hundred thousand. And then at the end of the game, it doesn't matter what the score is, right? It doesn't matter what the score is. They 
they do some mathematical equation. And last night it was plus 24. So whoever's the first person to score 24, I'm sorry, it's the highest score plus 24. So last night it was 163 was, I think was the, the game winner, but whoever gets to 163 first wins the entire game, which I thought was like, Oh, that's dope as shit, right? Yeah, like, yeah. and so and it's gonna make it a little more competitive. It is, and Not it does defensively, but like the end of the quarters are always way more competitive. And I don't know if y'all saw LeBron James hit that game winner over Zach Levine mm-hmm. for the for the win last night. LeBron's already is six and zero now in yeah, that format. No, I, I think five and zero, five and zero in that format. Yeah. I love I love NBA All Star Weekend. It's my favorite. Um, if I could ever afford to go, that's where my nigga ass will be. Hmm. Cool, cool. All right. Um, this is a topic that we we sort of talking about off uh, off mic basically. Mm-hmm. But uh, what do you guys thought on death? I know drastic transition. God, right? that's a hard pivot. <laughs> God damn. Insert <laughs> what is it? Organ music. Oh God. Da, da, da. <laughs> you first, Prashar. Death. Um, I don't know, man. It's something that as I get older and I'm starting to see like a lot of my older family members kind of uh, you know go that way. Yeah. It's it's something that's. It's not an everyday debilitating thought that I have, like uh, I'm talking about death or I'm thinking about death often, but it does come up, you know, like once a week or so. And I guess my concern now and what my quest for from a knowledge standpoint now is like, what the fuck happens after you die? Mm -hmm. Like, I don't really subscribe to religion per se. Like, I've I've dabbled in every religion known to man, probably, if y'all fucking ass these niggas. Mm -hmm. But like, I just don't know what happens. Like, does your subconscious stay? And if it does, where the fuck does it go? Like, should you be cremated so you like shit can float in the water and you can like see the world? Or maybe you get drank by some animal and then you just get get to see the inside of it. Like, I don't know. Like, I have no clue of what happens after you die. But I do think that religion serves a great purpose for people who aren't like me. Like, I can live my life on a day-to-day basis and be a good person to other people without necessarily knowing what happens just because I know while I have my time here, if, you know, if there is a heaven, if there is an afterlife, I've done enough naturally good deeds to get me to where I should be on the next level. Other folks need that shit. Like, oh, I would fucking murder and rape and pillage if it wasn't for Jesus. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Some of them said that because of Jesus. Because of Jesus, I'm going to rape and pillage. Yeah, yeah it's, either it's crusades. A it's yeah. a fact. Yeah. Um, there are so many. I'm obsessed with death, kind of. Um, the fuck? I'm obsessed with the unknown um, and the the arrogance of humanity to try and explain and understand things that aren't meant to be explained or understood. Um, <clears throat> one of the ones that's been intriguing me right now was there's this doctor, can't remember his name, but um, he wrote a book, also can't remember the name of the book because I don't give a fuck, uh, but he was a hypnotist Ooh. and he used to try and get people to stop smoking and uh, drinking, right? That was his thing. And Ooh. so, um, but when he started getting people under, he started noticing a very uniform response to what would happen. People would start talking about their past lives and what Ooh. happens after you death. He did this 7,000 times. Um, he, he, he did like 12,000 of these hypno, hypnotizings, whatever the plural of hypnotize is. Um, and, and about 7,000 of them went to, you know, this place. And he said it was all so, it was crazily similar. So the first thing is you die 
you float above your body before you're gone, right? So you just kind of float in there. Did my door just shut or something? No, mm. yeah, I guess. I don't know. Okay. Start talking about this shit and the niggas hear ghosts. Uh, so Get whatever. the fuck out of here, no, son. Whatever. <laughs> um, and so, um, what, what part did I leave off on? You said that uh, you would float over your body uh, before yeah. you die. Uh, yes, so you float I mean, over your body. You and you would always feel this tug to go upwards, but you still have free will. So you can still stay on Earth if you want, which well, is where you get. Do that, which okay. is where you get ghosts. But he's like most people typically go to their memorial service and then they go on to the next phase. Which the next phase is you get to this you get to this kind of room or this kind of world, and it's all the people who you love and were closely connected to on Earth. Like so, your grandparents are there, your friends who have gone before you are there, right? Um, the animals that you love, their spirits are there, and they're all waiting for the last person in the line to get back to this space. And so then you all talk about how you're going to meet each other in the next life, right? So everything is planned on how you're going to get back to each other in each other's lives. So some people are like, okay, well, I'll be your parent, blah, 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 and do this. But you don't remember any of that when you come back to earth, you're kind of map is just set out for you mm-hmm. and you just kind of play your part until everything. And so then when I heard that, I started thinking about the crazy ways in which people who I shouldn't have become friends with, I became friends with, right? Mm-hmm. And the two stories I'll give you, the two stories I'll give you, um, Eric, the white guy y'all met, who's one of my best friends, bald-headed white guy, is my former college professor. Right. There is no reason for me to be friends with my college professor, mm-hmm. right? Somehow it, can, it went from like, Hey, I'm not in your class, you know, anymore. Found on Facebook to, hey, I'm having a party. Come through. I'll come to your party. To like me meeting his parents and him meeting my parents and, you know, all of that. Like, and now we're super close friends who travel together and do all of this. The craziest one probably is Ibarro and Morgan. I seen them at the parade. Yeah, they were there at the mm-hmm. at the parade. They had no clue the fuck I was. I was like, yo, finger guns. Yeah. The girl was like, who, who's that nigga there? <laughs> so like the craziest thing with them is um, another one of my good friends named, I was dating this girl named Sarah at the time. And um, I had a good friend who had was born in Alabama. It's crazy when you start thinking about these things. Was born in Alabama, went to Stanford, Got a job as a motherfucking like salesman of medical supplies. Move here. I met him at um I met him at Spanish Moon and he was like, Yeah, I'm just out here. You know, I just moved here. I've never I don't know anybody, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Me and him hit it off. He became one of my best friends. I ended up visiting him in Rhode Island a few months ago or a few years ago. But we were hanging out with my girlfriend whose former roommate was Morgan, right? Her former roommate was Morgan. Morgan had just started dating Ibarro. Yeah, Journey of Souls. That's it. Um, mm-hmm. 1994. Um, she had just started dating Ibarro. They're now married with a baby and everything. And so... Um, Plug it. What's the name of the book? What's the name of the book? Journey of Souls by who? Uh, Michael Newton. Michael PhD. Newton. PhD. Journey of, Journey of Souls. So if y'all want to get it, it's only like 10 they, bucks on. Wait, they gave this nigga a PhD? I mean, I'm sure he was a PhD before. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I'm sure he was a PhD before. Um, so... You can find it on what is that Amazon? It's Amazon. Like, it's like ten bucks. It's not bad at all. Mm-hmm. Fifteen bucks. But um, so we're sitting there, and me, Chris, me, Chris, and Ibarro are watching Boondocks. Right, having a great time. The women are in the kitchen doing women things, um, making eggs and shit, whatever. So 
hang out with borrowers. Like, oh, he was a cool dude. Probably never see that guy again, right? Mm-hmm. I apply for a job at a elementary school. I get the job. I go to my duty spot uh, at the end of the day, and I'm standing on the corner in this hallway, and who walks out? Buddy Borrow. It's like my first day there. And I go, oh, man, what are you doing here? He's like, I work here. I was like, you work here? I work here, too? He's like, for real? And so from then, we've been like, we've been brothers, right? And so all those folks, even you, think about the way that you came into my life, um, you know, through a classmate, right? And so it's interesting to think that all of these things were like predestined predestined connections, connections, right? And so, there, I mean, there are so many other explanations. I kind of believe in reincarnation. There's also the rules of your your birth date. Like if you're born between the first and the 15th of the month, you accomplished whatever you were supposed to accomplish in your past life. And this life isn't a reward for for that. I'm on March 1st, so fuck y'all niggas. I did what I was supposed to do. I'm here to be lazy this time. June 12th, baby. Shit, I might have been. Anybody born after the 15th, you probably Probably on government assistance before you die. <laughs> so. so yeah, I, I'm I'm low key upset, and I've been in the room with people when they die. Um, even my even my grandmother. I've um, never been in the room with. This is gonna sound weird. Mm-hmm. I've never been in the room with people that are related to me that have died, but I've been in several rooms where people have died. Like when they die. Well, I, I worked in a hospital. Before. Oh, okay. <laughs> and oh. I worked in the, I worked in nursing homes too. So it's always been that weird. Like, all right, hit it, bring you some water and the changer adult diaper. Miss Johnson, mm-hmm. roll over, Miss Johnson. It's a lot of wet. Oh, she ain't gonna drink this water. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you've ever, if you can, what's funny is if you like, if somebody's in a coma, right? If somebody like my grandmother had a stroke and she was in a coma, and I went to go see her, it was the weirdest. I'll tell y'all another weird story in a second about death because it's one of the craziest things that's ever happened in my life. But um, I was working at Children's Charter at the time when my grandmother had a stroke, and I was like. I had a date that night and they they had um, visiting hours. And so I was like, oh, I really want to see my grandmother, right? Like something's telling me to go see my grandmother. You took the date? No, no, I'm not that weird. Um, but I knew I was going to be cutting it close to being on time if I went to the hospital and then tried to go home and get ready for the date. But I was like, no, 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 no. I'm going, I'm going, um, I'm going to see my grandmother and then right. I'll go on the date. And I went and I was telling her about the girl I was going out with and I touched her. And there was like no, it was like touching this this stand right here. There it's was cold. No, it was cold. Mm-hmm. There was no connection to her anymore. And I was just like, yeah, she's gone. Like she, it's over. And um, the next morning at like six o'clock, she ended up passing away. Uh, but the craziest thing about death, I'm gonna tell you all the story. You, you're gonna think I'm fucking lying. I'm, I swear to God, I'm not lying. Right. So follow me. The year is twenty. 2018, 2017. My grandmother died in 2016. Mm-hmm. I Cost Communications had given me one of those like things where when you open your door, it sends you a message to your phone mm-hmm. and lets you know that your door is open. Well, I had ended up getting new internet, and I did not connect the the Cox Home Life to the new internet. So it was we just kind of sitting there. We are there. branding a lot of shit. Amazon, mm-hmm. Cox Home Life. <laughs> Continue though. They're not so, paying us, but. So I hadn't gotten a, I hadn't gotten a message in in weeks at this point because I didn't have an intention on opening it you know to fixing it because I knew I was moving out soon. Mm-hmm. Well, I woke up at about must have been six in the morning. It was still dark outside, mm-hmm. and I had a message on my phone that said somebody has your door has been opened. I was like, well, that's fucking weird because it's not connected to the internet, mm-hmm. and I'm a light sleeper. Like I would have heard, so I grabbed the glizzy right, and I start going in and out of rooms and looking. I'm like. 
Nobody's here. It was a little small apartment over off of um, Kenmore off of Government Street. A little mm-hmm. two-bedroom, one-bath. I was like, there's nobody here. So I go to lay back in my bed, and I pick up my phone, and I have an email from my little cousin Cameron. And it says, nothing is in the, in the body, but the subject line just says, grandmother. I was like, that's fucking weird. So I emailed Cam back, and I was like, hey, did you send me this email? Like, what the fuck is this? But 6 o'clock in the morning, didn't expect him to answer me. Whatever. So... The next day, I go to work, and I'm not thinking about it, really. You know, I'm working at Metromorphosis and, you know, going through my day, running in and out of schools. And about 4 o'clock, I get back to the office. Um, my mom calls me, and she goes, she calls me. She's like, hey, I just reminded you I'm going out of town. I need you to come over here and, and water my plants for me while I'm gone. I'll be gone like four or five days. Mm-hmm. I never go to my mom's house because it's in Brulee. And I hate sitting in traffic on LA-1 trying to get back on the bridge. Mm-hmm. My grandmother is buried in Plaquemine, which is about 15 mile, fifteen minute drive from where my mom stays. So if I go to Plaquemine, I always go to the graveyard. But if I go to Brulee, I very rarely go, right? Mm-hmm. And so I was like, yeah, sure, I'll come over there and, and take care of it. At which point, my um, Tyra Banks, my good friend Tyra Banks, not that Tyra Banks, her grandmother had to say, just. Why you had that? You can <laughs> live with that motherfucker. <laughs> my, um, she's one of my best friends. Her grandmother had just passed away, and like I helped her get through that. Her grandmother had cancer, and and it caused some mental decline. And she was the only person that her grandmother remembered. Mm-hmm. And so she was like, Tyra walks into the office, and you have to know Tyra to understand why this is so. Like it was unexpected, but it's so like she will come in and just ask you the most. It, personal questions in the most nice tone that throws you off. Mm-hmm. And she walks in. She goes, um, do you ever go to the graveyard to visit your grandmother? And I was like, why? The fuck is you yeah, asking why are you? Shit? Why are you asking me that? And she goes, I don't know. I just feel a tug to like, when, when's the last time you've gone to visit your grandmother? I was like, well, I don't think I've been there since, um, since my cousin's funeral, which was in August, right? He was, he um, fell off of a balcony um, in 20, 2016, 2017, something like that. So um, he was the last time I went. Okay. And I was, she was like, oh, okay, you should, you should go to the graveyard and visit your grandmother. I was like, is there a reason why you're telling me this? And she goes, no, something just told me to tell you that. And I was like, okay, weird, but Tyra says weird shit all the time. I'm not really tripping on it. Maybe that was and the way then, of like hitting on you too. No, she's, No. And so then <laughs> this is where this is where it gets weird or weirder. Can I I when she finishes telling me that, mm-hmm. I remember the email and I call Cameron. I'm mm-hmm. like, did you send me that fucking email? Like, what mm-hmm. the fuck was that? He was like, bro, I didn't send you that. I was like, yes, you did. You sent me that. And he goes, No, I was up. I know I didn't send it. And I was like, how do you know you were up? You know, I'm just trying. Now, at this point, I'm getting like, this shit's weird. Mm-hmm. At this point, I'm like, well, how do you know you it's didn't hard, send it? Uh, Archive 81. Kind yeah. Of I was like, how do you know you didn't send it? This is how he knew. His favorite video game is Gears of War. Mm-hmm. And that night, they had released the newest iteration of Gears of War. Mm-hmm. And he was up playing online until 9 o'clock in the morning. Mm-hmm. So he was like, I didn't even go to sleep last night. I was just up playing the game from like... The time it dropped at midnight till nine or ten o'clock in the morning. So you had a fucking poltergeist, basically. Yeah, and so I ended up going to the graveyard. I never forget. I was wearing um, my white dashiki, my white and pink dashiki, and I had on some jean shorts. And as soon as I got there, I just started crying. Like I was like, I did, I wasn't even sad. I was just like crying. And after that, 
I was like, I guess if she want to get in touch with me, she'll get in touch with me. But that's one of the ways that I just kind of know that, you know. There's a connection afterwards. Yeah, there's something going on afterwards. I don't, my thing is, like, I feel like ghosts are just, like, slaves, and they only hunt white people. Like, I don't believe, like, I'll ever meet a ghost in my life because I've never done anything wrong to anyone. I mean, do black people ever deal with ghosts? Because it's the first sign of ghostisms. (laughs) (laughs) We we out that bitch. Hell yeah. I mean, I want to go back to that, uh, what was the name of that book? Journey of Souls. Uh, Journey of Souls. I'll give you the full title since we gone. Like plug it right there. What's the full title? The full title is uh, Journey of Souls, Case Studies of Life Between Lives. So this is the one thing that I found weird about this whole thing that I guess I'm the only motherfucker to address the elephants in the room. Okay. We're all dead. So we're all dead, right? Mm-hmm. You go up there with your family, right? Mm-hmm. And you got to decide I hope not, by how the way. you will reconnect, right? Yeah. So you're meeting like your, oh, man. your tribe, right? Your mom, <laughs> your dad. Your grandma, your grandpa, you know, you're meeting all of those people. So you have to decide, well, I want to come back as dad this time because I'm going to fuck mom. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> I had a feeling about to go there, Rob. That's why. Who, who gets up there? We'd just be sitting in that motherfucking waiting room because I, I want to come back as me. On the Astro plane, there's no. Yeah, you 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 go past all of this. Yeah, it's shit, no but mom, dad. It's just like, like it's just a, I, I, we're I feel familiar. Like, uh, I feel like our personalities will still high. be there, though. Like I feel like that's the only thing that makes you really human, right? What makes you your Conscious. your units, your your consciousness and your units is directly tied to like your your direct output and your direct like ideas of what life is. Mm-hmm. Like I know I couldn't be who I am today, happy, not depressed and shit, if it wasn't for me saying the wild shit to try to make people laugh, being the when I want to be larger than life personality mm-hmm. of, you know, because I'm mostly reserved when I'm at home and shit. But I like when I'm out and about in social, like making people laugh, making sure they, they enjoy themselves. But I do think that's a part of the human like life and death experience is like that's your essence. Like that shit that sparks in you like that's 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 what makes, you know, you, you. And when you die, I feel like that just doesn't really go anywhere. I don't think it does either. I think that. um I, I honestly think we're all just kind of in a rotating door of life and death. Do you think honestly. this is like planet two? Like what the fuck planet are we on? No, I, I think that we couldn't have been here for enough of these. There's also a concept of of different worlds, like basically when you of heaven, right? Mm. That heaven isn't one place; it's like everywhere, Multiverse? and so basically, mm. right, where you're able Who's to Doctor Strange. A little less Doctor Strange, a <laughs> little more Space Jam, right? Like, there's these Ugh. different worlds. Is LeBron in it? No, LeBron is not in it. Well, God, that would be in, the, in the sense He's of in being it. LeBron, but <laughs> like, yeah, you know, like. Not LeBron the actor, just the athlete. We can keep it. Yes, he, he's there, I'm, I'm assuming. Uh, but, like, there's all these different worlds where you go, and each world is, and you kind of just vacation there until you want. There's also the idea that we're all immortal beings on vacation just experiencing life, you know? You ever seen Rick and Morty where they just put on the fucking helmet and they live as that dude, um, Steve or whatever, and you just see how long you can live and 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 be successful at it? It'd be fucked up if this is a video game. I mean, I'd be, it would make so much more fucking sense. Um, there's also the idea that this is all just assimilation or that we're all a dream for somebody. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, even if you look at, if you look at the universe blown out, right? If you look at the universe blown out, it looks like brain synopsis, right? Mm-hmm. It looks very much like 
neurology and and and, and brain spaces, firing neurons firing off. Like that's what it looks like. And so, and also the universe is expanding, which doesn't make any fucking sense. And I stand by that a hundred percent. But when infinite you talk about space. how how mm-hmm. infinite, infinite, yeah, how infinite space is. Like I was list, I was listening to. Uh, Sputnik, um, whichever whichever satellite has been that was that was released in the seventies has traveled like thirty million miles or, or something like that. Mm-hmm. It's only like twenty one light hours away from planet Earth. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. It's been traveling since the seventies or maybe even earlier than that. And it's um, it's only it has very few differences between like itself and Earth as far as like atmosphere to live. Like there's water there. Like we couldn't live there without like helmets and shit like mm-hmm. that, but it's it's uh it's wild. Well, and think about that: the universe is so big that there are stars out there that we don't know are out there because the light hasn't had enough time to travel to meet our eyes at light speed, right? So if the universe, if we know the universe is six billion years old, right, something somewhere around there, the universe is about six billion years old, but when the Big Bang happened, no matter what you believe, um, the science says that the universe is still expanding from the Big Bang, basically, right? We don't know what it's expanding into, but the Big Bang was so um, so violent that everything is still going. That the dinosaurs, like there is light that would have been that has been traveling since the dinosaurs were on Earth. Yeah, that that's fucking. It's like the universe ate Taco Bell. <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> There's also the theory that, which is also crazy, um, the theory that the universe is continually expanding and contracting, which is why we're we're still in an expansion stage, but eventually it'll stop expanding and it'll retract, and then we'll Not have another all. big bang and it'll expand again. And it will yeah. retract. I don't like, think about Thanos snapping his fingers. <laughs> it doesn't sound it's, fun. It's one of those. I mean, think about it. We are we are on a rock, right? That's mm-hmm. spinning this way. Uh, what is it? Eighty thousand miles an hour. So we're spinning like eighty thousand miles an hour on our axis, but at the same time, we're rotating around the sun at like a hundred thousand miles an hour. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, the sun in our solar system is like rotating around the center of the galaxy That's at still the centripetal- fastest speed. It's yep. centripetal force. And at the same time, our galaxies are um, coming closer together at millions of millions of miles an hour, and eventually, in like two billion years. Our galaxies will collide with Andromeda Galaxy. Huh, that works for you. Yeah. Get it? Because your wife' name is Andromeda. Um, That's so, a like, terrible thought. Nothing about Jesus. the nothing about the universe makes any sense, and mm-hmm. nothing about death makes any sense. And actually, the most what I feel is the most legitimate religion, if you want to call it that, is actually astrology. Think about it. Uh-uh, We're all, I hate that fucking shit, though, because people always use that as an excuse for their shitty behavior. I agree. But think about what astrology at its core says, right? Mm-hmm. Because of the positions of the stars and the sun and the planets when you were born, that dictates certain things in you. We are made out of the same things as those stars and those planets. And yeah, carbon. All, and, and all of, I mean, carbon, nitrogen, magnesium, iron, all of those things are inside of us. And some of those planets and stars have those same things at different levels, right? So what the fuck is Jupiter? It rains fucking diamonds, right? Mm-hmm. And so if Jupiter is closer to Earth when you're born, which I don't know what what sign that 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 what house it rules or whatever, like it kind of makes sense that you may act a little bit different during certain times of the year. 
it's just it's never used for any positivity. It's always some bullshit. I'm a Libra, so that's why I lie. I'm a Cancer, that's why I cheat on people. Like that shit is just nuts, man. That's well, that's nuts. people who don't go into the like rising and 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 your. No, no, that's just like them fucking weird earthy moon. bitches that don't wear deodorant. Oh no, I don't know. I like a little bit of musk. Speaking now. of like you know becoming one with the earth and like you know. Oh, you about to talk about Nick Cannon sticking his dick inside of everything. <laughs> hey, will you get Being us? fruitful. <laughs> Jesus. Like, uh, what's your take on base? Uh, like, because like Kiki White, she's like pregnant again. Surprise, again. surprise. She got to be out of eggs at this point. God damn it. <laughs> she got all so of it. So it's like, yeah. you know, like on that, that scale, it's like people's reactions to Nick Cannon having all these kids and then reaction to her. Like, what's your take on that? Like, I feel like, you want to take it? here you go. I feel like like, people are not having a proper response to the shit that Nick Cannon is doing. This shit is legitimately irresponsible, dog. Like, having one child is hard enough. This nigga's on number, what, eight? Eight yeah. or nine or some shit like that. Then one just died and he made another one. This nigga's like a fucking li- making litters of puppies and shit. Can you look up his net worth? Like, you can have all the money in the world, but kids need more than just the financial piece of it, too. Plus, you're overpopulating this motherfucker. Adopt some children or something, nigga. Like, do do something different. If a woman did it like Kiki Wyatt did, everybody had a negative reaction to it. Because, for one, when she posted her maternity pictures, wasn't no dude around. So, everybody, like, she got, like, 11 baby daddies. <laughs> she, well, she, she is um, not well, and that's why people keep, her men keep leaving her. Um, they keep nutting in her. They keep nutting in her. It must, must be some great crazy <laughs> pussy because they, they just keep nutting and leaving. That shit now, is, go ahead. Go ahead. Finish your thought. Yeah, but I'm just saying, like, it's, it's irresponsible for both of them to have that many children because there's no means to take care of that many kids. Like, you can have the financial means, but you can't be, for those, be there for those children emotionally, spiritually, all this other shit that they need you to be there for as a parent. Like, if I had a million fucking dollars, I still couldn't raise three to four fucking or four to five children. It would be damn near impossible because you're spread so thin with that many people. Plus, I ain't got that much love in me. I got enough love for very few people. That's why I don't talk a lot of my fucking family. I ain't got enough love for y'all niggas. It just ain't been up there. The niggas drained. waiting for you in the upper room. I know that. Uh-uh. What's his, what's I love his? them, though. Uh, I mean, take it with a grain of salt when you look up people's net, net worth because, like, you know, I was watching a, a podcast recently. It was like Ocho Cinco was like, "What to say? My network is like ten million, but he had like fifteen mil in the bank." Yeah, yeah. So mm-hmm. you know, on here it says uh, a net worth of sixty million. That feels low for him. Mm-hmm. That feels very low. I, I guess I don't know what all of Nick Cannon's ventures are. I know he has those really shitty headphones that they sell in gas stations. <laughs> but outside of that, what does he do? Wait, that's Ray J. No, no, no. You're talking about Raycon. You have to order those shitty headphones. Oh, okay, okay. Nick Cannon's incredible headphones are in a gas station. That's <laughs> 20, okay. 20 bucks. I mean, look, excuse me, y'all. It's been a long day, but um, he does... Did he get fired from America's Got Talent? Which one was he doing? No, no, he's, he's back on all he's those back. shows. because he, yeah. uh, he, uh, he went on an apology tour. Yeah, he had to apologize to all them Jewish people he offended. Mm-hmm. Um, if only white people had to do that with black people, we, they offend. Wouldn't that be nice? <laughs> They'd be like, oh, I'm politically correct. We came, we, we, we tried that, and then that's when you saw Hey, it. don't fuck with Jewish people, bro, because both mm-hmm. Whoopi and Nick got dinged for that shit. Oh, yes. like, Accountability. They, they believe in that shit firmly, and yeah. their community is like really, really connected when it comes to that. With us, 
we we disagree so much on shit to where we don't believe in holding folks accountable. I I agree. The conversation was was starting to be had about holding you know white people accountable for the the atrocities and all that stuff. There, right? Mm-hmm. And then they changed the narrative because like we were talking about how can we approach this in a, a different limelight? Oh yeah, and cultural sensitivity to, versus we got to make CRT the there, devil. There you go. Mm-hmm. That's where it went. Mm-hmm. So it, it was going there, and then it was like, nah. We ain't ready to reckon with this. We're going we gonna to change the whole narrative. Yeah. Well, I find it funny, and I put this on Facebook. You know, we've been saying how systemic racism is a, a thing forever. And then white people use the system to erase racism, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. And then we're like, no, it doesn't. But you just use the, you just use the system to be racist. Like, mm-hmm. that's, what, yeah. that's what we were saying the whole time. Well, how are we racist? We're not even teaching about racism. I think you don't understand hmm. what racism is, which is, isn't that always the issue with white people? Like, you just don't understand what racism is. Mm-mm. Like, because like you Nick haven't Cannon lived it. doesn't know what condoms are. <laughs> I don't think he needs to, <laughs> honestly. I think the world is different. I, I don't believe in a, in a nuclear family like that anyway, like when it comes to marriage and all of that. Um, but eight kids, honestly, isn't that many. And it's really not that many when you can when you have the resources to actually provide for them. Now, granted, two of them kids are with Mariah Carey. What's Mariah Carey's net worth? A lot. Ooh, she she yeah. probably make that just for Christmas. I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah, she made that from she made that from November twenty second through December uh, January first. Like her season like, just ended. <laughs> yeah, like two of them are with Mariah Carey, and then you know, e- and so even if she was, even if he had six or seven outside of her. He's still good. Like, if you could take care of the kids and you could be actively involved, I'm not against it. Like, but at what kids. point in time does your like? I wonder if he has 15 kids. Will he qualify for like government assistance? Like, at what point in time does the kids like, <laughs> like nullify a, your wealth? That, that child income credit. Yeah, he gonna get. Man, he probably, that's probably why he don't pay taxes. This nigga got mad child earned income credits. <laughs> Yo, it says Mariah Carey's uh. Uh, net worth is three hundred and twenty million. Yeah, yes, that sounds about right for her. Right, that, that sounds about right. Like, so he go out and have your kids, man. If you, if you, the point of irresponsibility is being irresponsible when you literally can't afford to take care of the kids. I understand the emotional part. Right, I understand that. But if emotional, if emotional um, availability and sustainability mattered then men wouldn't lose so many court cases when it came to when yeah. it came to custody battles right well, let, let me flip it on on the other side though mm-hmm. right we mm-hmm. we talked and we talked about this on this podcast before right we talked about Nick Cannon having mad children but think about NBA young boy situation right different situation that nigga got a bazillion kids bazillion and look up his net worth NBA young boy probably like what, 15 million, some shit like that? Should he still be having that many kids? No. No, he shouldn't. Because he's, he. It, it's not fair to compare him to Nick Cannon. What's his net worth? Tell me 400,000. Six million. Six million. <laughs> That's an earned income credit. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think when you look at Nick Cannon, Nick Cannon has always had his head on straight and been a businessman and made good yeah. decisions. NBA Young Boy. I don't know, man. He did make that Gigolo song. That song was great, except for it had R. Kelly, R. Kelly on it. K. Relly. Yeah. I'm a Gigolo. I just want you to know. It's a fucking fantastic song. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's never been a fucking uh, fiend, right? He's never been a monster. He's not mentally ill. All of those things are very true about NBA Young Boy. And also, the difference is Nick Cannon's, what, 40 something? Yeah. NBA Young Boy is 21. Two. 
22? 22 with seven or eight kids. Um, and his first kid he had when he was like 15. When when Nick Cannon was 15, my nigga was in drumline, right? Like, so. Uh, it was somewhere around there. He, he, was, was, young. he, was, he was an adult. He was a young adult. Yeah, he was a young adult. But, I, you know, I'm just yeah, saying. He was uh, on Nickelodeon when he was 15. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah, but he was, he was you know. Rich. He was kid rich. Yeah, he was kid rich. So, like, it, it's not fair to compare those two. You know, that's like saying, um, that's like comparing fucking. I don't have no comparison. Beyonce to Kiki Wyatt. But it's right. <laughs> you but can't I mean, really do that. I mean, the financial side of it, if you take that part away, I couldn't imagine. Well, the kids in are rich. Fuck it. Well, that, but that's the, Their that's the point. Their the, problems are different. Exactly. That, that's the point. When you have that much money. What's Kiki you, Wyatt's net worth? Not $6 million. Um, but When you have that much money. If it doesn't come up, she's poor. When you have that much money, you elevate out of. Certain things, right? You, you like, kids go to boarding school, and right? Shit. And there's no longer the like you have enough money to emotionally invest in your kids at that point. You don't have to be anywhere, right? Mm-hmm. So if you decide to stay home for three years, like um, what's his name did the dude who was in Little Shop of Horrors, um, white man. I, I know you talk about. Name. I can't think of his name. I can't think of his name. He, you know, his wife died. And he was just able to stay home and raise his kids because he had been working. Rick Rick Mondale? Rick something. Rick something. Rick something. Yeah. I can't remember his name. Um, uh, Rick Moranis. That's, that's what it, it is. That's Rick it. Moranis. Um, niggas know better than me. <laughs> he was able. If you see Rick. Oh, he was in Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Like, the dad, oh, yeah, yeah, the dad yeah, from the Honey, dad, I Shrunk the, the Kids. Dad. Like, he was able to stay home and do whatever because he had that money. Right. right. And so saying that he's irresponsible for having those kids, just to me, it doesn't. To me, it's not true. I'm not saying he's a great father by any means because I don't know right. the the personal relationships that he has with his kids. What I'm saying is the idea that he's not quote unquote available mm-hmm. is probably not true because we're judging him from our less than a hundred thousand dollars a year salary versus his mm-hmm. you know sixty million that he got in the bank plus the experiences that he, he's able to give his kids. Like they were at the All Star game last mm-hmm. night, right? Like they're going to be at the Super Bowl. Like they're gonna live in Los Angeles and experience all of these things, you know, depending on where the, where the baby mama live. What's Kiki Wise net worth? Four million. Four million. Must got some nice publishing checks coming in. I mean, that's all she did with Avant. Been going strong since Ofo. My first love. Yeah. And she been covering Patty LaBelle's song like it's hers. I ain't gonna front. Hmm. And she probably been. She probably did some writing before she went. I've seen her. Bonkers. I've seen her talk. I don't think she could write well. I mean, R. Kelly couldn't read. That's facts. <laughs> he still couldn't write. I don't understand y'all's obsession with R. Kelly. I, like, I don't get it. I just, I mean, I, we got to give R. Kelly the credit that he deserves. He made all those songs and all those black people didn't realize that those songs were about children. Like, <laughs> he was really fooling niggas. Like, he really told you, age ain't nothing but a number. <laughs> I mean. I heard he was like, and before he went to jail, he did do something like really noble. Like, he got with all the like the scout masters for the... Uh, Boys, uh, what you got? Boy Scouts. Mm-hmm. He getting ready to write them a song too, but police caught him. <laughs> That's terrible. Oh, no. we, you know we, what the song was gonna be called? What? Fucking badge of honor. <laughs> <laughs> Did you get your adult dick sucking badge? <laughs> nah, you know it's more it's more bail than that because you know niggas don't know what fellatio means. Like. <laughs> Oh, no. oh God! I hate the boys. The, the the calm head in a in a storm. <laughs> Cooler heads prevail, like some shit like that. Wait, what's worse, the altar boys in the Catholic Church or the Boy Scouts? I'm I'm I'm, I'm gonna go now. <laughs> I gotta say, I gotta say, it's altar boys because they had to look at the face of Jesus while it was happening. <laughs> 
like, God, why is this happening to me? So Don't look at him, look at me. Boy. <laughs> Intervene, please. So good I was never an altar boy. <laughs> I think a lot of us. Well, did we cover everything? Yeah, we've covered everything. Round of applause, guys. Round of applause. Yeah. Through another episode. <laughs> Yay. Yeah, and we got and we got sexual perversion jokes in today. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah you guys thought we were going soft. No. No. Wait, we're just like those soft. Boy Scout masters, we go hard. <laughs> I'm sorry, not all I can envision is just uh, an eleven-year-old just staring up at Jesus on the cross <laughs> from the second pew, just like Jesus, please save me. Like, give my mom a better job. Let her pick me up after school. <laughs> I don't know. I, how, I don't know how y'all convinced. Somebody had to know something was going on there. Honey, where do you uh, get these stains on your on your robes? Like <laughs> these white crunchy, crunchy shits. It's just like your socks and the towels. <laughs> well, guys, before we get out here, I gotta remind everybody. Look. We need thank you guys for being great, 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 great loyal listeners. Again, we're seeing our listenership continue to grow, continue to thrive. We really appreciate it. Thank you for you guys who have been liking and subscribing uh, to your favorite DSPs when it comes to the uh, podcast. So continue to give us uh, some stars on Apple Podcasts. Continue to give us our stars on Spotify, guys. Share us with your friends and family. And don't forget to go to our Instagram and our Facebook page. If you uh, Just search us on Instagram. Just look us up at Ain't Gonna Hold You Pod. Give us a follow, guys. Answer some some of the uh, questions that we have inside of our uh, stories. Same thing with Facebook, guys. Give us some likes too. Uh, Ain't Gonna Hold Your Podcast on uh, Facebook. So, we've completed another episode, guys. How y'all feeling? Episode 15. Episode 15. We Give are or really- take, plus or minus one or two. Yeah, and then we had a whole rebrand and shit. Yeah, yeah, it is what two it is. Of them. Oh, this doesn't count. This does, I don't think this counts uh, culture gallery. No, yeah, coach. Yeah, no, 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 no. So we really, did, we did it's like twenty. Day. We did when well, we did like three of those. We did like four, some oh, shit like shit. that. Well, for anybody in the city, I'm gonna do shameless plug. Throwing a festival at Ten Roof Brewing Company on March 25th. Need y'all to come out to support Black Excellence if you are in the Baton Rouge or surrounding areas. It Even is a free not, event. Pull up, fly. Yeah. We got airports here. We do. It, we do. Fly in the Baton Rouge. I know Prashad doesn't like it, but fuck it. It's I a fuck great airport. airport. Tiny as a bitch. I, I the only it. thing you can fly on them planes is roaches. Man, I saw it. Roaches and Come to the Of the Earth Fest on March 25th. Also, guys, go to the Of the Earth Fest or OTE IG page. Give those guys a like. Yes. Give them a follow. And also encourage them to rename this festival to Big Ass Festival. No, it will not be named Big Ass Big Ass Festival. And it's O-T-E.B-T-R. O-T-E.B-T-R. Bunch of letters. Man. All right, guys. That was a good episode. Yeah, man. We'll see you niggas uh, next week. Happy President's Day. This is the time that we're recording. Yeah. Remember, read the Constitution to your kids tonight. <laughs> Peace, niggas. <laughs>